Hi, welcome to Sequel Decay. Get yeah. ready for the top 10 list of things we want to say after having sex. You go first. <laughs> Number 10, the Goofy Scream. Stefan, would you like to do the Goofy Scream for us? Uh, <laughs> nice. Tim. I'm on the spot here. Yeah, I, I, Speak I, I never get I never get laid, so that's the problem. Why won't Brie Larson date me? Yeah, number nine. That's <laughs> number eight. Cookies are for closers. Stefan. Still thinking. God damn it. Number six. Tim. <laughs> I think that's George of the Jungle. <laughs> Just scream! Watch out for that tree when you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're getting a second date. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Nice. <laughs> Actually, any American Psycho quote will do. Yeah. Man, his business card is so perfect. <laughs> Why can't mine be like that? Thanks. That's bone. <laughs> I can't believe she prefers Paul Allen's penis to mine. <laughs> We're just going to go into like American Psycho quotes yeah. at this point. I got another one. <laughs> I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> That's you not calling her back. <laughs> What's the Mickey Mouse? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, I'm partial to the Link scream. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna think you like your dick fell off or something. <laughs> or he. Um, this is an. Uh, Willem Dafoe scream as his balls get crushed with a block of wood in Antichrist. Okay. Um, please do. Um, I don't remember it very well. Okay. Well, I feel like the audience can. The audience can pick it up. I'm yeah. sure we have such a great audience of ten people, including Stefan's mom, who's clearly seen Antichrist. She'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, kind of got off track there. Great. That's fine. Um, it never doesn't. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of sex, let's talk about Night in the Woods. Hell yeah. <laughs> Smooth. Um, hello and welcome to One-Offs, the sideshow of Sequel Decay, where we talk about anything that doesn't follow our fucking stupid gimmick. I'm Chris Ranton, with me is Stefan Salehio. Hello. And we have a special guest this week, uh, Timothy Ralph. Hi, it's me. I'm Tim. Nice to be here, you guys. Timothy. 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 It's, Timothy. it's me. Yeah. Timothy. <laughs> I'm never anything but Timothy. <laughs> You ever seen that uh, kid's cartoon, Timothy Goes to School? Of course. That's all I think about every time I... Can I just tell a really, really quick story? Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just really quick. Um, so in the 10th grade, I was at a football game and um, sort of like a, a thing that I'm sure everybody did this, but like um, we would all like sneak in booze and get oh, yeah. plastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's normal. Yeah. That's what we do here, actually. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe not sneak in. I think you guys are, are both... You're, like, I'm not allowed to be here right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> Are we going to prison? No, we actually just... Chris Hansen uh, This is out? not my aunt and uncle's place. I don't know who's, who's house. Why don't you have a seat? Sequel Decay, live in someone's house we broke into. <laughs> um, yeah, so... You just hear in the background... <laughs> oh, who's that? That's our other special guest. The people we abducted. That's just, that's just a gunshot. In <laughs> <laughs> just like... Don't be a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Snitches uh, get stitches. <laughs> Remember, kids. Um, so I was at this football game, and my buddy and I, we like we had our shitty fucking high schooler drink. I think it might have been like Goldschlager or something like that. And we both mm. took like a massive shot in the bathroom outside of the stadium. 
And um, there was this man with a mustache who I just remember like getting real shook by. Like white log mustache just staring at us as he's washing his hands. And I'm like, that guy's going to fucking rat us. Like I knew. He left before us. We're walking forward. And then the security guards come. And they start like hollering at us. And my friend, Curtis, uh, he, Curtis, if you're, you're not going to be listening. Um, but just in case you are, I love you. Uh, <laughs> um, he, he starts... Like, the guy comes at him and approaches him, and he starts just going, like, no, 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 like, every time he tries to talk with him. So, long story short, we get caught, and my friend that night, who I was talking to about it, made made a really shitty MS paint uh, image of, of Timothy from Timothy Goes to School with, yep. like, a, a pasted prison jumpsuit on him. <laughs> uh, he called it Timothy Goes to Jail. And, um, yeah, that's, that's forever going to be burned in my head. <laughs> so night in the woods hell yeah <laughs> um this week we're not talking about a movie thank god thank god i fucking terrible. i fucking hate movies yeah. like have you ever watched like toy story 4 and gone god if i could just commit suicide right now mm-hmm. no uh, but i understand <laughs> if i could fuck a body pillow right now yeah it would be objectively better than watching a movie that's mm. strong words yeah. from a strong man. But correct ones. To be fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In fact, I'm not drunk enough. Let's get me another beer, Stefan. And another d- so Yeah, how, is this one getting beefed out this time? Or? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> we have to. You want to stay on the air? Um, <laughs> yeah, just because the network won't allow it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your, your big conglomerate that you guys answered. The big conglomerate, the YouTube algorithm. Yeah, yeah. You got your YouTube Heroes program. Sequel to Kings and Empire, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not talking about a movie this week. No, we're not. We are talking about... We're not talking about a book. We are not talking about pornography. In fact, we are talking about a video game. Yeah. What? So, Stefan, why don't you tell us about what a video game is? Okay. So, a video game is the... Um, the no, it's the pastime of a specific culture of humans uh, who have frequently been oppressed over time, and they're mostly known as gamers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they get together in little, sometimes little groups or communes. Uh, Aren't and, they called colonies? Yeah, well, I mean, they're called hot couches. We're talking about Night in the Woods. Uh, Did some research. Stefan, thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Night in the Woods? Since you're the one who likes this game so fucking much. I do like this game a lot. Thanks for mentioning it. Eat shit, fucker. It's going to get mentioned probably a lot. Yeah, yeah. mostly in, as a way of putting me down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> disparaging. How disparaging. Uh, it's a 2017 game developed by Infinite Fall, uh, which is a studio founded by game designer Alec Kaloka and Scott Benson, who is mostly known for animation. I believe it was actually published by um, Finji, though. And it takes place in a fictional small town in what is very heavily implied to be the Rust Belt in the United States uh, called Possum Springs. And it stars, and all the characters are like zoomorphic humans, animals. It's a little unclear about whether, because there's like, it's been, it's suggested that they're just humans that are being perceived as animals because there's also like actual animals wandering around. There's squirrels. There's squirrels and yeah. cats and a very big raccoon. Yeah, yeah, there are cats, that's true. Yeah, so it could be that, but anyway, you see the main characters as like kind of these Richard Scary animal people uh, in this very cartoony animation <laughs> style. It centers on um, one character, Mae Borowski, 
who is a college dropout returning to Possum Springs, and her misadventures with her friends as she gets back. It's more, it's like a coming of age story that slowly becomes takes a more supernatural bent. I guess you could call it more of a cosmic horror bent. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today. <laughs> I'm very excited. He can is. I, can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Before we continue on this uh, fine venture into a night in the woods. Mm-hmm. Nice, dude. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, every time they mention Possum Springs, I always kept thinking about Possum Lodge, like the place that the Red Green Show takes place in. They're actually part of the same universe. In fact, Hell yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you ever want to see Hank from the Red Green Show appear as a raccoon? There he is. Then play this fucking game. Yep. Yeah. You fucking assholes. Two two very um, separate uh, audiences that will never interact. Uh, oh, absolutely. With the not. exception of with Chris Ranta. Yeah. So. Um, this is, in fact, the uh, spiritual sequel to the Red Green movie, Duct Tape Forever. Yeah. That's, there's like a, a little note at the start of the game. Um, you have to watch Duct Tape Forever first in order to understand what's yeah. going on. <laughs> Duct Tape Forever, now with 100% more cosmic horror and fun. Yeah, <laughs> and, and walking animals. Yeah. Um, yes. So the impetus for doing this episode, I think, was... Uh, getting uh, Tim on the show. Get, well, yeah, but also, Tim, you brought it up. And uh, the only reason I played it was because I think I heard you mention it offhand at some point. So how, how did you originally play it? I was like in the mood for an indie story based game and like the reviews were rave about it. And then I started playing it and it definitely ticked off a box. Um, and then I like mentioned it to Stefan. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all it came and to. that's how this nightmare started. That's, yeah. That's, that's how this night in the woods started. And, again. Uh, hey! Hey-o! Hey-o! He's oh. on the ball I today! I am so on the ball today, boys. You have no fucking idea. I guess, like... Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Keep telling me how I'm on the ball. You're on the you're, ball. You're on... You're, you're doing You're good. really on that ball. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. You're a ball standard. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Home. Again. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Do you play baseball because you're on it. He sure is. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Beauty. Yay. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess like uh, I rang I rang up Stefan and I was like, Hey man, um, this game like even though I was lukewarm about it, it's still in my head for whatever reason. And a big reason it's still in my head was because. Like, Stefan played it, and then, like, a couple months back, when he got through it, he was like, I loved it. I loved it to death. And I was like, yeah. I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why is this person, and I'm not just jerking you off here, yeah. whose opinion I respect on this type of things, why does he like this so much, whereas I had a lukewarm reaction? And I was thinking, like, this game is very specifically attuned to, like, your frame of mind at the time, and, like, like a very specific audience. Mm-hmm. In the same way that, like... I think when we were talking, we talked about Scott Pilgrim and how Scott Pilgrim is perfect for you if you're like between the ages of... I mean, it's still a good movie. Yeah. But I watched it recently and it didn't hit me the same way. I watched it when I was 15. I think I went to it four times or something stupid like that. Um, in hey, you're theaters. the reason why the movie broke even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Barely broke even. Yeah. I'm sorry. Me and the other, you know, umpteen-year-olds just, just hanging out on our longboards and... and stealing our parents liquor and doing stupid juvenile shit like that and so i was like stefan's a little younger than me i'm 25 and you're 22 22 and i was like maybe the reason is because it's like perfect for someone who's who's just reached their 20s and like someone who's a little older they've just missed that mark 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's where we came to the idea. And now we're just going to talk about the game and yeah. talk about why a little bit. Can, yeah. I, can I just say something real quick as a fact check? Sure. Scott Pilgrim actually bombed at the box office. Really? <laughs> it, it, it cost $60 million to make and only made 47 back worldwide. And I remember reading reviews for it. And, and everyone mostly, loved it, yeah. No, no, well, like a lot of the reviews I read, like traditionally uh, older people, like in the Edmonton Journal and stuff like that, are we allowed, do we like, do you guys give out the location? I don't care. In the journal? Care. Yeah. In the journal. Uh, <laughs> we're actually from Chicago. I just read small Canadian city newspapers. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Auckland. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to I, Michigan, guys. <laughs> we'll be celebrating America Day real soon. Now. Uh, I love dying the river green or whatever. Uh, um, so... It was like 40-year-olds who were like, this movie, we don't get it. They, that's what they said. It, mm-hmm. it would be perfect if like, you're, you're like that hyperactive age of video games and like an alternative rock and stuff like that. And that's sort of what Night of the Woods felt like to me at the time. The way that they spoke, I was like, I remember speaking like this, but I just passed that point of yeah. feeling about the yeah. world the same way that May Borowski feels about the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this game is very, very niche, and I would recommend it to a very niche group of people. Mm-hmm. Um including Stefan Slahio. It's I, I I was shocked like when I played it again for this episode like it was like how much of like me I saw in it not necessarily cuz I'm not a one to one with any of the characters I would say but it's like holy shit I talk exactly like that mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point. I agree 100% like for somebody growing up in the late teens of the 2010s I get yeah okay well they're all teens but the tw- late 2010s uh like maybe in their late teens or early 20s early-ish 20s, like, I think it does hit that demographic really hard, because I heard it described as millennial humor, millennial humor, and I think that's a little vague and not helpful, right. but it is more uh, it is more helpful in the sense that, like, yeah, it's this very specific, like, age group that I think would have applied to, that are going through these, not even the exact same struggles as the characters, but at least partially similar ones. This game needed more drill jokes. <laughs> drill jokes? Yeah. Oh, you don't know what drill is? No. Oh. <laughs> the best Twitter account. Please, it's- Let's read some tweets real quick. Okay, yeah. See, sorry. this is me being an ancient 25-year-old and you guys being two 22-year-olds. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Please read some aloud. Uh, we they should invent a spittoon, but for urine. <laughs> is that what the kids are are into these days? Uh, okay okay back (laughs) yeah yeah please do and any funding that is not diverted into an anthropological study of drill is funding misused (laughs) people growing up like now and i've had this conversation with people my age in my research by which i mean i talked to two people nice younger people are starting to like kind of grow up with a sense of impending doom what with climate change and the fact that nothing will ever get better obviously in night in the woods it's a i mean they might reference that exactly but it's more in the context of a cosmic horror but the feeling is very much the same so fucking there's a lot of references to like inevitability and the fact that not this there is there's literally no hope for this town like it's going to decay and fade and everybody's gonna leave that feeling is something that i think is very is it hits home with a certain younger group of people Myself included. See, which is funny, and like May, like a lot of her dialogue kind of um, uh, reflects that. Um, And that's maybe why I was annoyed by her character. And the character that 
I connected with the most is like, so, so May's a cat and like that's her zoological version of her or whatever yeah um, she's a cat she's a cat yeah her best or her like estranged best friend is uh is named b beatrice she's a crocodile she's the one i connected with the most she was my favorite yeah yeah, yeah. and that's because like while the other ones like their approaches to the impending doom are like just kind of giving up in a way um or like i guess with greg it's like lashing out greg is is maze yeah he's a fox yeah yeah he, he kind of has this who gives a fuck attitude about everything. And yeah. Like, he'll just leave work just cause. Or he's very, he'll go, like... He'll go destroy shit just cause. Like, he doesn't fucking care. He wears, like, a... Uh, I believe they're called, like, a pickle hower or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 I'll accept that. It's the German <laughs> World War One spiked helmet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's got an anarchy symbol on the side. And, like, he just causes problems. Whereas, like, Beatrice, she accepts... Her responsibilities her her mom died of cancer when she was in her last year of high school and it stopped her from going to university and so like she sees may's approach to life in university as like very flippant yeah and disrespectful because she's taking care of her dad even though she got accepted into like all the best schools it's interesting to see how all each of the characters has a different approach mm-hmm. but hers felt like the most pragmatic yeah, yeah. And hers felt like the most like reasonable. Like she's definitely the voice of reason in this game. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the most ethical, I would oh, say. Oh, by far, yeah. Because there's a scene uh, where they're in a mall, and May's like, "Let's steal shit." And she's like, "I don't really want to do this." And then they steal shit, and then B is like, "We're taking this back." Mm. Um, so they're they're like little scenes like that where she just proves herself to be like such a great character. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's asked me what I think of the game yet. What do you think of the game? What do you think of the game? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> he just very solemnly put a beer can um, under it's the good. microphone. It's <laughs> good. Um, Hot take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who knew? Um, I don't like it as much as you, Stefan. Pussy. But I... Nice. There's a lot of them in this game. Again. That's what I was referencing. Yeah. Including you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna deny this. This is all true. <laughs> wimpy, wimpy, wimpy boy. Yeah, stop saying facts. <laughs> stop spitting. Hi, I'm Ben Shapiro here with my facts yeah, and logic yeah, yeah. about yeah. Stefan Zalejo and how he's a wimpy, wimpy, wimpy facts boy. Don't care about your uh, feelings. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it as much as you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not as lukewarm on it as you. I'm kind of right in between you two. Maybe leaning a little more towards him. I have my fair share of problems with the game, especially on a technical level, but we will get to that soon. But I think on a storytelling level, I think it's wonderful. I think the characters are all, for the most part, really strong. We'll talk about that later. So, yeah, like I, the reason Chris said I was lukewarm is because I didn't connect with a lot of the characters a lot of the time. They felt to me to be self-indulgent, but at the same time, like there were scenes that when there was a good scene it was an amazing scene so that's kind of where i am like we got you know it ebbs and flows but when it flowed like it flowed perfectly and there's like a scene i wanted to talk about where there and i think like this sets the tone for like a lot of the game and like coming from childhood and like believing in weird shit because like that's something they do really well Mm -hmm. they talk because we've all believed in weird shit as Mm -hmm. kids it's another it's a b scene all of the stuff that i'm talking about that i enjoy is going to be b scenes uh, um, why don't we just call this the b-movie episode yeah. <laughs> really mislead people <laughs> uh, um, finally we're gonna talk about jerry seinfeld <laughs> this is, this is our 10 fans have been waiting, waiting for this for, yeah um 
it's it's really they're they're in the mall and they're at the food court and B is talking about how when she was a kid she used to look up at the atrium and like in within the atrium there was like a light or something and because it was so high up and like mysterious she used to think God was looking down on her mm. while she ate and so she would actually speak to him while she was eating in the food court and I was like playing that part you're like that is so beautiful that is such a touching touching scene and like it goes so well with like how disappointing life has been for her because and everyone like they they had happy childhoods like most of us but now they're just kind of lost um so yeah moments like that are what just made the made the game phenomenal but like chris said then you get to like like quiet moments in between or drawn out segments uh with or like, just drawn out gameplay that's overtly sim- yes. simplistic let's talk about the gameplay real quick because i have quirk i or not quirks qualms so i'll uh <laughs> say like quirky qualms yes i won't say too much about it because like ultimately this i think this game works better as a narrative than like as quote-unquote video game yeah mm-hmm. and uh, we will talk about that and th- that's just kind of how a lot especially a lot of indie games are these days i feel uh not that i'm an expert the gameplay is very thin most of the time. It's it's which isn't always a downside. Sometimes it just means it's sim- it's simple and that's fine. But other times it can feel like it's just like to me it kind of felt like it's it was there for the sake of being there. Uh, yeah, like I I would say that the gameplay is like at best incredibly simplistic, at worst almost like borderlining on non-existent because you're basically just sitting there. There was a point where it was just me my, I have the controller in one hand with my button on the X button, and I was just pressing and pressing and pressing as I was reading dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder whether or not this should have been a video game or if this should have been something else. Mm-hmm. But that's a topic for another time, or well, for later. At best, like, hey, this is really simple and okay, I guess. Maybe, you know, worst case scenario, really redundant. And at worst, it's just like, you just have one hand on the controller and you're just pressing X and reading dialogue and you're bored and you're just like, why the fuck is this a video game? And I think that is kind of, not necessarily specific to Night in the Woods, but a lot of games of the era. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, The parts that really bored me were uh, the dream sequences, not on a visual level, because I think visually they're mostly spectacular. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, very nice. I just got a 4K TV today, so I'm just... The entire day I was going, I have to record this fucking episode. I wish I got to play this on the TV. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's just, it's spectacular. And I was going to say as well, I think this game works so well on console just because it is such a beautiful game overall. But the dream sequences especially are just like... Yeah. Because I played this on PS4. Mm. And I'm assuming you guys did this on Steam. Yeah. I did it on Steam. Or GOG, I think I bought it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, 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 I... Tried to achieve the same effect by plugging it into an HDMI cable sometimes, but it wasn't quite the same. Yeah. Um, but the dream sequences look great, and they sound great, and they're cool conceptually. They're fucking impossible to play. <laughs> because they're, not... It, it, uh, they're not impossible, but they're really hard to move around in, because it, it's kind of hard to figure out where everything is unless you have the brightness turned way up. Uh, and they, they drag on for really long, especially when you don't have it memorized like where the musicians are. It's like the Battle of Winterfell. You're like, there's something cool going yeah. on here, but it's much too dark to see. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I forgot the game. Great, we can finally put a Game of Thrones tag in here this yeah. time. Another You're welcome. Boys. Yes. <laughs> Fuck it. We're going to get as much of that Game of Thrones money as we can. Nobody is over it, so that's... <laughs> exactly. Everyone's still else. pissed about it. Yeah. Watch something else. <laughs> Revolutionary. Go, go fucking watch Twin Peaks, you fucking idiots. No, go watch The Office. <laughs> yeah, it's leaving People Netflix soon. That that's, that's actually... Actually, you know what the most underrated show on all time yeah. is what most underrated show of all time is friends i don't think i've heard of that one no, no neither yeah. of, um it's, it's this it's this quirky 
sitcom. Yeah. It, it's it's short for situational comedy. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's and a it's, comedy? And yeah, it's what, about... What's a situation? Yeah. Uh, well, you see a situation... What's a call? What? <laughs> <laughs> What's a What's <laughs> Situational comedy is like, there's a situation and you make fun with it. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. something wacky happens, like... Say that sounds stupid. Say your yeah. your wild neighbor who happened to scream the n word at the comedy club mm. multiple times slams open your door, yeah. and then makes a grand entrance. Yeah, it says it again, and then yeah. <laughs> this isn't referring to anything. This that is not referring to, your, to like, anything that happened or anyone by the name of. Yeah. We're anyway, not. Anyway, that was my favorite it. chapter. Back in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> when he shows up and at the as a guest star to Garbo and Malloy. <laughs> Which is a thing in the game. The, one of the best parts in the in the game are like the very last lines of the Garbo and Malloy set, set was where it's just something like, like a, a complete non sequitur. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Next up, me and Malloy go to counseling. <laughs> <laughs> Next uh, up, we join a suicide cult. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a murder cult or something. Yeah, something like that. No, those were really fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, Friends is the most underrated show of all time. Okay. Anyway, back to Night in the Woods. <laughs> yes. Something people actually know about. As yeah, exactly. As friends yeah. program. Yeah, friends. Garbage. It's it's spelt the same way as friends is spelt. And there's this great, <laughs> and there's this great <laughs> song that starts with "So no one told you life was gonna be this way," which really relates to B's character. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You give me that Nancy Pelosi clap. <laughs> um. Anyway, where was I? Uh, we, I was just saying about how the, the dream sequences just kind of fall fall flat, not visually, just, but. On a gameplay level, like on a, on on a, a gameplay level, level, I yeah. found them really repetitive. Yeah, I, I wish they gave you a more interesting challenge each time instead of find the musicians again. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it really feels like they absolutely put narrative first and gameplay second, and it frustrates me because I wanted at least some kind of a challenge. And like, there are games, like if you look at like the Telltale games or something that mm -hmm. are very narrative based, you still have really strong gameplay to go with those. The Batman. Uh, one especially, I don't oh. know. I know it's not the most popular one. Wolf Among Us is because of um, the whole like neo noir thing. Yeah, I'm, and it's a great looking game. Well, I was even gonna say like the Walking Dead ones too. Yeah, those. I, I just feel like because Batman's um, like the most recent, they really oh, yeah. managed to make it like the sharpest. Yeah, not making any. I actually else, haven't so. played the Batman ones. Really good. Really I've good. heard they're great. But yeah, you're right. Like there are even until Dawn has some really strong gameplay. I don't like the game at all, mm. but heavy I, rain. Yes, Heavy Rain, which I haven't played, but, mm. you know, like, there's strong gameplay in those. And, I mean, obviously with... I will come back to Until Dawn as well, because I have things to say about Until Dawn. <laughs> it, it just really disappoints me that they didn't do much with the gameplay here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. High five. Moving on from gameplay, um, because Let's... you loved it so much, Stefan, like, why... What is it that made it so fucking likable to you? Have we, have you kind of already touched on that? Well, I can I can touch a bit more on it. Uh, it's oh yeah, I will <laughs> believe me. <laughs> um, it taps into a lot of what I feel a lot of the time. Like obviously, I don't have the same struggles as the characters. I don't have whatever was going on with me. Uh, I don't work anywhere near as hard as B. Yeah, I'm not whatever Greg is. <laughs> Greg isn't even a character. He's just there. Yeah, yeah. Greg is just like, uh, yeah. That, that, they, we can talk about Greg. Yeah, okay. Um, he's, he's just, yeah, like, Greg is, I guess that's something that, that's like a credit to the game, is that because, like, the other three main characters are so strong, mm -hmm. Angus, B, and May, 
in comparison, like whereas he would kind of serve more as more interesting with less interesting characters, he's mm. more noticeable. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with that is when they do start giving him some kind of tension, like with him and um, what was the fox's name again? Greg? Do you mean Greg or Angus? Because Angus is the bear, Greg is the fox. Oh no! I okay. So I definitely meant okay. So I definitely meant Angus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to start over again. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about how much I don't like Angus as a character. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Okay. I don't like Angus at all. There, there's... Not because not because of anything about his character. It's just that I think they do absolutely nothing with him. And they do nothing mm. with Greg either, because Greg Did is... you play... When they're doing the ghost hunting parts, did mm. you play his segment? Uh, no. That's one That's... of my favorite parts of the game. Is that when it's talking about, like, his skepticism? And... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Talk, talk about that. So, That's crazy. That... At the end of the second act, they're doing the ghost hunting segments where you can choose, choose to go either, go, make and choose to go with either B, Greg, or um, Angus. And uh, they'll go look for clues about the supposed ghost that's haunting Possum Springs. Clues. Uh, and you can pick two of them. You, you okay, can... so where did where did May and Angus go? Because I actually might have played it. May go... Uh, Bia goes to the... Goes to the cemetery. Yep. Uh, Greg goes to the historical society. Yep. And uh, Angus goes to Possum Jump. I think I went with Angus then. Yeah, that's one. And of that was probably one of the better moments with Angus. But I think the problem is, is that, like, when there's tension between him and Greg, I just stop caring because it just feels like it came out of nowhere, and those those building blocks towards that tension just weren't there. It's a C plot. For sure. It's it's uh, absolutely a C plot. It almost just feels like it shouldn't have even. been I think included. if you go. Um, just on Greg's route, which I don't want to do, but it's, it's the uh, worst route in the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the building blocks are a little more established because you can kind of see like the tension kind of mounting between him and Angus, where like Greg does try really hard. Oh, okay, because that... like too hard to yeah. keep Angus around because Angus is what grounds him. Oh, okay. Well, B says something really interesting about that. Yeah. She says uh, when when they move out of this shitty town, that's another thing everybody wants to get away from possum springs in it um and when b's talking about that she says um as soon as they leave the city uh because they're high school sweethearts uh angus is gonna realize he's too good for greg mm. and like it's it's a dialogue like that where you're like i've heard conversations like yes. this you know yeah. like in real life and they're super uncomfortable because you have your friends and stuff like that like they're these painful truths and that makes the sections of the game that are phenomenal, like, actually phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sorry. okay, Angus. <laughs> so the part of Pause and Jump is just this scene where um, May and Angus go to this kind of park and with a hill called Pause and Jump. And uh, they obviously don't find evidence of a ghost because there's not actually a ghost, kind of. Uh, and so they just sit at the, stuff, uh, the hill and look at stars and point out constellations. And after they do that... Angus uh, talks about his childhood and how he was abused as a kid, how he got locked in a cabinet oh. and they would make food fall on him. And his parents oh, would, like, throw food okay. on him and his mom would throw shit at him. Yeah. Maybe I didn't play this then. Yeah. It, it, it's so... I thought I played this yeah. and I didn't. Okay, then I'm an idiot. Cool. <laughs> and uh, he talk, uh, May talk... Because May, May's religious. Well, kind of. She's a lapsed Christian. She's spiritual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she mentions like that she, and she believes in the supernatural. Uh, well, she believes in ghosts anyway, yeah. and, Greg, and Angus absolutely does not. He's a staunch atheist. And uh, she kind of presses him on it, and he says that, like, when I was in the cabinet and hiding from his parents, he would try to, like, develop psychic powers to talk to the people around to communicate for help, and nobody ever came for him. But at least his belief in 
or his skepticism kind of grounded him, whereas it would, whereas other people might have turned to harmful coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the best scenes in the game, I think. Like, yeah, because yeah. uh, he also has a really good line. Uh, it's um, where he kind of talks about kind of the nature of belief, I guess, in general, which kind of ties into the themes of the game. Where it's, uh, we're good at we're good at drawing lines in the space between stars, like we're pattern finders and we'll find patterns. Mm. And we like we really put our hearts and minds to it, and even if we don't mean to. So I believe in a universe that doesn't care and people who do. Uh, the stars can stay up there and not give a shit about us, but this whale is pretty cool. Well, yeah, because there's a way yeah. constellation. Yeah, no, I got it. And so, I think um, kind of this sense of like nihilism, but positive nihilism, I guess. Optimistic like, nihilism. Optimistic nihilism is what c- kind of draws me to Night in the Woods, or keeps me coming back anyway, because it, I don't feel like it wallows too much in like its own self pity or whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't feel woe is me to me all the time because there's always like something like kind of pu- just something kind of pulling it out of that uh may did to me may is a little like that but it's more the people around her that like they find their own kind of ways to cope cope with it like there there's that one line where um and i forget who says it but uh i think it might be jackie who says it at the party that b may and b go to oh wait it's one of the best well, the, that, the, was, yeah, that was that was a great moment. Stuff, yeah. yeah, all the B shit's great. Yeah. Like, oh god, the fucking pageant where she's like, Just, the, yeah, where she says the world is ending. May, of course, there's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, the the, the optimistic nihilism stuff is really cool. Yeah, um, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw like the. T- sorry, I'll stop talking in a second. But uh, the tagline of this game when it was coming out was I don't, know, I don't think they really use it anymore. But uh, at the end of everything, hold on to anything. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of sums up the theme of the game, uh, really well. And mm-hmm. also at the party, like there's a guy hanging out in the back that you can talk to. I, I miss, I missed him every time it's at this one where he says the wise kitten focuses not on what is lost, but what is left behind. Mm-hmm. And that gets restated every game. And then that guy says like nothing for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, that general sentiment is what keeps me coming back to it Yeah, because I think that's a feeling that. I get a lot of the time, which is just complete despair, but like also hope on the people around me. Yeah, I think it's a fairly universal feeling. I would, I would, I would think to some extent or another. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like that's. I kept linking this back to Scott Pilgrim and like how it it hits an age like a gong, right? Mm-hmm. Like an age group, and like really these stories, thank God, don't have like super high stakes. Like, nothing really changes except for, for the circumstances of the characters themselves. Yeah. Oh, I think, no, like, the characters certainly evolve throughout the game, and I think that's what you're there for, is to watch the characters evolve. You tried to sell me on this game with, like, the Twin Peaks angle. I mean, only in the sense that it's, mm. like, weird shit happening in a small town. I don't okay. think I ever said, like, oh, it's Twin Peaks in a yeah. game! But with the key no, no, you didn't. No, yeah. no, you didn't say that. But you were just like, hey, it's got that Twin Peaksy vibe. Like, sort of and like I, that. Yeah, and ahead. I said, we'll fucking see about that. <laughs> um, and then you said to me, well, you better because we're going to do an episode on this, you fucking asshole. Buy the game. It's <laughs> a really so, nice way of segueing it in. So, <laughs> I, uh, so I played it. And yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's as connected to Twin Peaks as like the whole beard shit, small town thing, but I... That's literally what I meant, but yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, when you, but you literally just said to me, Twin Peaksy vibe, like, you, you know how to cater to my base, but it feels more like 
weird shit small town slash a coming of age thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that was what was more interesting. So yeah, like I think this game is like amazing as far as like character growth is concerned. Because like you had mentioned earlier, like these aren't characters I would normally like in real yeah. life. I would probably find half these people to be obnoxious pricks. Well, yeah, th- there is like that sense of... Um... See, I, I was also playing this when I was in the middle of a, uh, a relationship with a, a real jerk. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can use actual swears on the show. I'm just going to use a real poo-poo head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the network doesn't care. <laughs> and she was very romanticized art and stuff like that. I and mean, like, oh, we're artists, blah, blah, blah. So at the time I saw that, but like Ooh. playing it again, you know, I was like, Oh, okay, like, these people are just, that's how they are. It's not because, like, they think they're better than anyone or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because, like, there's the millennial way of talking that you were talking about. Like, that's not the only characters. And that comes, like, it's not just about growing up and, like, characters growing. Like, I guess moving into, like, the next section or whatever, a big part is generational clashes. Yeah. Certain people uh, who, dis- you know, it's very obvious what their opinions are. Like, they describe, like, the immigrants, in quotes, as the problem and stuff. Willing to commit um, evil in order to uh, keep their town thriving. Bia refers to them as the cult of conservative dads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh, oh, you're talking about, like, the cult at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, I skipped ahead um, a little bit. No, 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 that's <laughs> no, fine, that's fine. Um, I was going to say, because I texted you, Stefan, immediately as I got to that point, I said to him, Fuck Twin Peaks. This shit's turning into hot fuzz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, because as soon as he started talking about, like, for the benefit of the town, I just sent him the gif of, like, for greater the greater good. Because <laughs> that's all I was thinking about the whole time was, the greater good. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. greater good, the yeah. greater good. That's to- And they're all hooded. And yeah, they're all hooded. Yeah. And it just, I couldn't stop laughing the entire time. Like, not because it was bad or anything, but because all I could think of was fucking hot fuzz. Yeah. And I feel, I apologize to the developers and the people who work their asses off on this actually really solid game. I don't know how seriously, like, they're supposed to be taken. They are They are kind of a joke. Like they, those guys, No, no, they're so. an absolute joke in the sense that they're evil and their motives are incredibly stupid. But they're working for but them. They're yeah. working for them. Yeah. Although Bia does mention at one point, it's like, aren't you actually, like, working class? Yeah. <laughs> aren't you actually, like, feeling the hit of the recession? Yeah. <laughs> They're, yeah. like, the great-grandchildren of the miners who actually, yeah. like, had a good point. They, the union strikers. They're yeah. quite literally the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's super allegorical in, like, my mind. Maybe I was mm-hmm. reading too much into this. but No, I, I think that's probably where they were going with it. Yeah. This uh, game where it's, like... Um, societal and political opinions on its sleeve, like very yeah, much. Like, yeah, it, do, it it doesn't like. I saw when I looked it up after the game because it was in, after I finished playing because it was in my head. I saw a lot of people trying to claim that like, oh, but it does a good job of like balancing out both sides. No, 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 no. It doesn't try to either, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that it doesn't. I, it doesn't I, do that false equivalency. <laughs> no, thing. I, I'm yeah. glad that this game has a worldview and sticks to it. Like that's one yeah, of my like, favorite. Like we mentioned various times, she's part of a young socialist chatterbox. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's, <laughs> like one of my favorite things about this game is that it has an ideology and it fucking sticks to it no matter what. Yeah, this game doesn't back down. This game has a fucking backbone, mm-hmm. and for that, I really love it. For yeah, what what I do like though is when May mentions at the end that like. Obviously, the conservative dads are, as I'm going to call them, That's are, uh, <laughs> are yeah. going to. Obviously, they were bad, but they had a po- but they had a point in the sense that a lot of the world that people know is being taken away. Yeah, and they're just kind of lashing out. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if they're 
lashing out in ways that are like reactionary and even allude to fascism a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oil country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Sorry, this show I got, is I got super in. low. By the way, this show is uh, this show is shot in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Yeah. And explicitly not Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, I don't want to get you guys fucking. No, 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 it's fine. Anyway, uh, fuck Jason Kenny. <laughs> We can all agree on that. Jason Kenny, D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you seriously. voted for D's nuts this election too. Anyway, we live in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> we actually flew into Alberta just to show our support for the oil sands. All of that was was super phenomenal um, as like a theme, but to me, like uh, you know, we've been kind of singing its praises for a while now. Back to the negative thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, you know, we have to we're balancing it out. Yeah. It's not a false equivalent. <laughs> um, but the the ending itself and like the bad guys were like kind of funny, but they were weaker than the rest of the game. Yeah, it, like I think I think when it was revealed what they were, yes, I was laughing cuz I'm like, "Hey, hot fuzz," but at the same time it was like, eh, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just felt like a little bit of a letdown. Like it was still like that's interesting, but it was still just kind of a letdown. I thought I, it was kind of like I, I kind of saw the main core of like what the black goat is and like the whole the center of everything like corroding the town around it. Yeah, I kind of saw that, had gleaned that, and then the what was happening around it just wasn't very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly it. Like yeah. the dialogue of the bad guys and like the back and forth between them and the yeah. band, all because because all the member or all the main characters, all four of them are part of a band. Oh yeah, the Guitar Hero segments are so not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's another negative point. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring that up again. Later. Tacked on gameplay, but like, yeah, tacked but, on gameplay. Yeah. yeah. Um, like yeah, it just felt because it, it the game had built up like this creepy atmosphere for a while. At one point, May finds a human arm. Um, that reminded me so much of Blue Velvet. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've I've never I've never seen. Oh, there's a. Like, the main catalyst to what kicks off everything in Blue Velvet is Kyle MacLachlan's character finding a severed ear in the grass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that's basically what kind of kicks off everything in Night in the Woods. Yeah, the arm and, like, May starting to get paranoid and then, like, seeing a ghost, mm-hmm. so to speak, and stuff like that. All of that really ramped up. And then there's another scene where they're in a museum or something and, and they're escaping from one of these yeah. cultists. Yeah. Yeah. And it wrapped up to like nothing the ending yeah. was sort of a non-ending yeah it was more i think i it was actually more, really like the ending i like the ending in the sense that it wraps up me and the other stories well enough it's just the whole antagonizing force like didn't hit me as well as it should have yeah. because yeah well because yeah. we we only got to know them for what like 20 minutes yeah. of the game there was hints like all of the tension before we meet them is really cool but yeah mm-hmm. like we don't actually get the true force of them when we finally get to meet them finally. Yes. Because we only get to know them finally for like 20 minutes of the game. And then they just die. And it seems... Sorry, Stefan. Really, no, 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 no. Like it's a little anticlimactic. Like, yeah, that's yeah. and that's like a huge running thread for like things that are good. You know, yeah. like properties that are good. I'm just going to like list off a bunch right now where they shit the bed at the ending. <laughs> okay. Game of Thrones... <laughs> Dexter Dexter <laughs> fucking Dexter shits the bad arguably Mad Men um, the end of Bill Willingham's fable comic books Spider-Man 3 
Uh, Return of the Jedi. Like, um, sorry. The, the Evangelion. Uh, the show. Oh, okay, it's, yeah. Uh, Netflix yeah. definitely shit the bed on the subs. And, yeah, yeah, well, okay. Well, that'll 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 have to wait. <laughs> there, there's, it just seems like, uh, on a side note, like all these beloved properties. Endings are hard, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I mean, especially I when you're of, really building shit up, right? Yeah. Yeah. The and one I can think of is oh, like lost. The, the yeah. prime is sorry, Chris. Just Breaking okay. Bad uh, ended oh, yeah. it well, in my opinion. But Breaking. Well, I I would argue Twin Peaks ended it really well. Okay. So but, there's two. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say if you're just ending at season two, it doesn't end it very well. But, oh, other shitty endings. Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, the ending <laughs> of Seinfeld fucking blows. Yeah, also, like, they've never been that mean-spirited. Like, especially I never got Kramer. that impression from them. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, okay, they, 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 Elaine and, and George definitely, like... Hi, welcome to Seinfeld episode. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to Seinfeld decay. Well, it just pissed me off that Kramer was laughing at that fat guy, because I was like, Kramer's never been that mean. No. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's a different episode. Um, <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm's still good, guys. Okay, okay. I think the, Always have that. the only, like, antagonistic uh, interaction in this game that, I, like, I actually liked was when May meets what she thinks is God. It's a big cat. Oh, yeah. I, I really like that interaction. Kind of hints and then immediately drops these things of, like, eldritch horrors beyond people's comprehension. Then it kind of drops it back, and I kind of like that because that's a staple of the that, genre. That's one of my favorite moments of the game, actually. Yeah. And it hints at the, at the theme of a monstrous existence that mm-hmm. people need to overcome. I really like that scene. That's the only, like, antagonistic interaction that, like, actually hit home for me, though, mm. um, I find. So, Stefan, since we're still talking about negatives, why don't you tell us a little bit about Greg? Okay. I'm all Greg. I think yeah. I liked Greg more than either of you two. Maybe it's because I've seen his entire route, so I kind of know where he's coming from and, like, what his flaws are, mm. and that he's very, um... De- he he. Tr- it looks like he's trying hard, and I agree with that, but it's because he's very desperate and, and trying to hold on to Angus, who's like the one thing that gives yeah. him hope. Hope, yeah, essentially. But I also think uh, the way this game works is that you can, every day you can choose to ha- hang out with either B or Greg. Whoever you pick more will have ramifications for the end of the game for who you have uh, like a deep emotional interaction with. Well, yeah, during the epilogue. Yeah, and um. B's is really fulfilling. Greg's completely falls flat for me. Because, so to, get, to give what I think is the best example of this, um, so the main character, May, has some sort of dissociative disorder where she'll just start seeing shapes instead of people. That led to an incident in junior... Spoilers for the game, by the way. <laughs> we already talked about the end. Yeah, so <laughs> get fucked. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. There was a moment in high school when she just started dissociating and, real, and started not being able to distinguish what's real and whatnot. And she beat a kid, severely beat a kid with a baseball bat. When she describes what that felt like to B, it's like kind of this heart-rending scene and B's really supportive. and she, Or she kind of goes along with what May's saying, at least. Or when May tells that to Greg, uh, he just makes jokes. It really undercuts it, I think. It's the main and, problem with the character. Yeah, yeah, Greg is kind of like the the... Com- comic relief among a group of mostly funny characters uh and at it least can be quick. a bit much at times yeah like, and i think it really comes across that way in the epilogue yeah like no because i ended it with greg and i felt the exact same way where it's just like this feels so underwhelming a little bit but i at least like the idea of it ending with may hashing it out with a friend yeah like i thought that was really beautiful 
I think it's more like thematically fulfilling with B. Anyway, I, I feel no, no, it probably is. Like that's what I was thinking was like, fuck, I re- really wish I had B, because that probably would have been more. That would have been even better. But well, I think two starkly different approaches to reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, May's parents are in trouble financially. Her dad has to work at some shitty, low-paying job, and mm-hmm. both of the, her dad and her mom mentioned to her like could you find a job and she's just like completely swipes it yeah yeah which is such a selfish thing to me it's yeah like, but I'm, also she's like completely unsure that she would even be able to hold down a job that's true yeah that's yeah. True. yeah yeah um going back to the whole you know choosing your adventure and how it you know impacts later on in the game i think this game does an amazing job at not blowing itself on that concept like it the ramifications all add up very subtly in this game. Mm-hmm. Unlike another game that I've talked about in this episode called Until Dawn. Nice. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Until you love Dawn. It. I fucking hate uh, it. You I love fu- it. Like there's literally a scene at the beginning of Until Dawn where they're like, you know, all the choices you make are going to add up. What you choose will determine how the rest of the game goes. And it was just like, man, I really love how this game's a choose-your-own-arrival. <laughs> like, it was fucking blowing itself on this concept. This just puked all over the table. No, no, I was actually sucking a dick. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's really nice. <laughs> I, I'm glad that this game, cause even like, you know, like fucking, uh, what came out last year? Detroit Become Human. Mm. The David oh, Cage game. Fuck that game. Which is an absolute nightmare. Is it? Have you played it? No. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost comical in how up its own ass it is. Yeah. That's David Cage. Yeah, that is yeah. David Cage. And that's why I think Heavy Rain, uh, I know a lot of people had a lot of problems with it. And the voice acting is super bizarre because it's all mm. Europeans and Parisian voice actors trying to be um, Americans. Yeah. So they'll be like, where are you, Ethan? You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, no, but Detroit Become Human, I've only played a little bit of it, but it's, I stopped because it's like, this game is so fucking so far up its own ass. Yeah. And it's yeah. so pretentious and it's such empty bullshit. And it's the same thing kind of with Until Dawn, but the problem with Until Dawn is that it's a traditional slasher in its story. You know, it's it's kind of fun, but, you know, when you're so far up your own ass about the choose your own adventure aspect of it, which is what I call the genre of games, by the way. Mm. Um, Bandersnatch, am I right, fellas? <laughs> that's Black Mirror, right? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. that movie fucking sucked. Okay. But that's an episode for another time, maybe. I doubt it. Um, uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. You know, um, I'm, I'm glad this game was subtle about it. I'm glad that it didn't keep reminding me of it. It felt like Undertale in that sense, where Undertale's very subtle about that as well. So that when... You know, you do get to the end of the game. It's like, oh, so I could have done this and this could have ended differently. And then it makes you want to play it more. Whereas with Until Dawn or even Detroit Become Human, where it's like, either I don't give a fuck to play this again or I'm going to turn it off because I don't care anymore. It did it better than a lot of games. Like Heavy Rain did a really good job at its ending. I keep, this isn't like because I'm a secret David Cage fan. Are you a secret David Cage fan? Did For you Heavy like, Rain. Did you, like, <laughs> did you like Beyond Two Souls? For one game. Yeah. Um, no, I never played it. It, it did it a lot better than than another than a lot of games uh, in that genre do. Like the Walking Dead games, while they're good, like not a lot gets impacted. No, not a lot gets impacted. But I mean, like it still is fun to kind of have that option. The Walking Dead games, yeah, and like any of the Telltale games, really. But well, their choices are very small. But oh yeah, they're very um, minor and inconsequential and almost lead to nothing. But, but they like, still like hit you as you're making them. Yeah, but in games like this or Undertale or 
I guess, to call out the shitty ones, Detroit become human and until dawn. Sorry, until dawn? Yes. Have you mentioned that? Until dawn. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now it's ringing a bell. <laughs> you know that game with the guy who played Freddie Mercury in a movie? Just, like, one thing I wanted to um, kind of, like, revisit, just, just in case we really didn't, um, you know, hammer the point home, is just how good this game is for, like, people in not all not every person obviously mm -hmm. but a certain group of people in their early 20s like mm -hmm. it's pro like how would you describe it as hitting you uh it well did you cry manly tears uh i did not cry manly tears okay so it sucks so this isn't it's awful shit yeah garbage so this isn't titanic yeah it's like going in the trash <laughs> uh, but it it did emotionally resonate with me a lot um I, I I think it will it will for most of I guess we could call it the borderline millennial Gen Z demographic if you mm -hmm. really want to, um, and I think it mostly is because just kind of a combination of factors like we're becoming more conscientious of mental health. Uh, we're growing up with the knowledge that oh, there's a very real possibility that the world will just be irreparably fucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and some things that were taken for granted 50 years ago, we're just never gonna have. Yeah, and people, and uh, especially for somebody who lives in a smaller town like Possum Springs, which none of us do, a lot of small towns, especially in the Rust Belt, are becoming like economically just ruined because of decades of austerity and uh, complete dependence on nat on natural resources that are going away. Like that way of life is going to go away forever. Yeah, and I think for people growing up in that era, it's the per it's kind of thematically the perfect game i was gonna say like yeah you obviously touched on like the thematics mm. of that and like the impact of living in a small town and stuff like that but i also think character wise for people who live in a small town they're really going to relate to a lot of these characters or really go hey i knew that guy once because that's kind of where i was because i lived in a really small town as a kid and so i was kind of sitting there going hey i knew that kid when i was growing up or i knew somebody like that I think for those people, it's really going to hit with them as well. Like not only thematically, but also with the characters being the way that they are. Because mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, like if I met these people in real life, I don't think I'd like them that much as people. But as characters, they're really interesting to me because one, you know, they're really well written. But two, also that you know, I really resonated with it with them because I knew a lot of those people growing up in a small town like that. Yeah, I also think um, kind of the feeling of like we mentioned, optimistic nihilism it conveys. It's also kind of a part of this post-millennial mindset. Uh, <laughs> I said that I said that with air quotes and rolling my eyes. Yeah, you went, <laughs> you went full exorcist did. there. Yeah. Uh, Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're at the end of it, folks. We're, we're in the end game, but, uh, you know, at least you got the people around you. And it's just hold on to them while you got them. I think that resonates with a lot of people. And mm. to an extent, that's kind of fatalistic and kind of taking it for granted that we are going to die in nuclear fire. See, that's... Which uh, I pray for every day, but... <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like, that comes down to, like, the very start of the argument. Or not argument, but, like, the, the disagreement Discussion. of opinions. Yeah, mm. between... Because I, I don't have that fatalistic grasp, like... Mm. You know, like, uh, I'm a very optimistic person. So, you know, like, and optimistic nihilism is great. But 
there's still this stupid naive hope and not obviously with me but with like a lot of people that there's still some escape from this even if there's even if that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. no yeah no i definitely see that I, i'm not saying that like i i think that it's to ever granted that the world is going to end but it's tapping into that mindset i think is something yeah. that i think this especially this new generation does a lot especially just look at a fucking meme any meme page on facebook yeah no it's uh, especially <laughs> catering to that mindset so let's wrap this up stefan tim Actually, we'll start with Stefan. Would you recommend Night in the Woods? I would. I would. I would recommend Night in the Woods. Uh, so thumbs up for you. Yeah, thumbs up for me. Um, uh, I think uh, if you're looking for a very technically advanced game in terms of gameplay, uh, this game is not that. <laughs> it's it's way more of a narrative. It's practically a visual novel at points. Yeah, basically. Uh, it it's way more about the story than it is about the gameplay. And especially if you're younger and uh, younger, again, I think it is going to resonate at least in part with you. And it's a pretty short game, depending on how much of like the side quests and stories you do. Yeah, side quests is a strange way to put it, but like the side stories. I did the bare minimum, and I finished it in about six hours. Yeah, I did more than that, and I did it in about fourteen. Actually, sorry, I did it. I did a little more than the bare minimum, and I finished in six. Yeah, I think I was around twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, thumbs up, thumbs down, middle of the road like we were saying you have to be in a very specific mindset um and maybe demographic to enjoy it i think uh i just missed the boat on that mindset and that demographic you know there's so many really great things about it but (sighs) (laughs) just uh just a big eh for for large sections of it and for that reason you know like if you're not like in that mood, you can skip it. You can't force yourself to like it. Yeah. It'll click if it'll click. It, if yeah. if it does click, it helps if you are in that coming of age stage in your life. Absolutely. Like I, I definitely think I was in that part when I played it. To yeah. an extent, I still am. But yeah, it helps if you're kind of in the same age group and mindset as the main characters. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm so you're middle of the road, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to. Keep, I'm. I'm. I'm very thumbs up on this. Um, I think a lot of my character issues I had initially are probably going to be resolved if I play it again. Um, I, and I probably will. Like, don't get me wrong. I probably will play this again. Because I did really like a lot of the themes. I liked a lot of the characters. The gameplay isn't very good. But if you're not in it for the gameplay, like I was more in it for the story. But if you're in it more for the gameplay and for a lot of the technical aspects, you're probably going to be more chitless by this. Mm. But I think if you're willing to take it for what it is, it's more often than not a wonderful game, and the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Now, there was one other thing I wanted to do before we went. Um, Is there anything related to Night in the Woods that you would recommend to people? Oh, because I have have a few things. If you have a few, I'm going to steal one of them, and I'm going to say Gravity Falls. Oh, yeah, because I was going to bring that up. Because I was talking to you about this before we started recording, where I said... This feels more like Gravity Falls in Twin Peaks in terms of like weird shit, small town, but it's more of a coming of age thing than anything. Yeah, and it's a bit more but, mature. Yeah, but, uh, a bit more mature. Gravity Falls touch. Yeah, again, weird shit, small town. Uh, there is a coming of age element to it. Yeah, uh, execution is very different. Though. Execution is very different, but it's also one of my favorite shows. Yeah, so. and Shout Factory recently put out the entire series on DVD and Blu-ray for you know reasonably cheap, I guess. Pirate it. <laughs> That too. It's Disney. They won't miss it. They won't miss it. No. <laughs> Good um, point. <laughs> but it's a uh, yeah. Don't support Shout Factory, prick. Um, <laughs> no, but 
that's a wonderful show as well. I'm going to recommend both a show, actually a show, a movie, and a game. Um, I mentioned Blue Velvet earlier, and I, as the catalyst for like all the shit going down, was the severed arm in Night in the Woods, but in Blue Velvet's the severed ear. Um, I'm going to recommend one, two, like, <laughs> like Blue Velvet again is like weird, like Blue Velvet's more weird shit in suburbia. But if you like that like weird shit small town aspect, that's perfect. I'm also obviously. I'm also I'm obviously going to recommend Twin Peaks because that's like the granddaddy of weird shit small town, <laughs> and it's absolutely wonderful and it's perfect and there's nothing well there's there's things wrong with it but I don't care warts and all it's beautiful, um, and for games I I just started playing it so I'm not gonna like wholeheartedly recommend it but I started playing this game called Trooperbrook recently, it's a weird shit small town point and click game that was influenced by Twin Peaks and the X-Files, according to their website. And the influences are definitely showing so far. And I think it's fun. I'm having a good time. So if you want more weird shit small town games, I'd say give it a go. I'm having an okay time with it. Yeah. Okay. If you're a fan of the cosmic horror element of people trying to come to terms with an indifferent universe, uh, uh, just it not it doesn't really have that much to do with the Night in the Woods, but from that genre, there's uh, Annihilation and mm-hmm. the books that it's based on, which are the Southern Reach trilogy, which are very much kind of also about the cycle of destruction and rebirth, are somewhat touched upon in Night in the Woods, although in very different ways. I'll add, uh, if you just like cosmic horror in general, you might want to check out H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, although he's an old his, racist. He's an, he's old, an old racist, racist. Uh, and it's very like it's very clear when he. Uh, there's a joke I heard where um. Uh, he actually did originally write just, like, the monsters as straight-up, like, racist, uh, like... Caricatures. As, like, Italians. And then, like, his editor just changed it to fish people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, very racist, but, like, the feeling of dread is very well conveyed. Um, even if it was just because he was scared of German people. And black people. And black people. Spanish people. And Spanish... Anybody anybody who wasn't a sickly Anglo-Saxon shitlord. Yes. Yes. Uh, do, do yourself a favor... People who are listening to this and search oh. him up on Google Images, because it looks like he has a toilet wand shoved up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that includes you, Stefan's mom. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Um. Do you have an actual recommendation? Yes. Though? Yeah. Besides looking up HP Lovecraft. Besides looking, <laughs> that'll keep you entertained for hours. Uh, I actually do reference uh, H.P. Lovecraft and Night in the Woods, but anyway. Perfect. Yeah, uh, they do, Z- Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, because, That's a good one. Yeah, it, 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 it's not a, like with what you were saying, like there's not like an overt similarity, but um, it's got a lot of like really similar feeling to it of like lost innocence and like a lot of the characters are melancholy or, and they are melancholic, whatever it is. And they're dealing with like death and grief. And it's also from the point of view of an eight-year-old. So, like, from a younger point of view, mixing that with, like, death and grief is so, like, innocent. And it, like, produces such an interesting flavor that I think hits, like, the same notes as uh, Night in the Woods. All right. All right. And I think that's it for us this week. Uh, I'm good if y'all are. I think I'm good. You're good? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) We're never content. (laughs) Much like the characters in Night in the Woods. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, All right, so thank you so much for listening as always. Stefan's mom and the other nine subscribers we have. Say hi to Stefan's mom. Nice to talk to you, Stefan's mom. Yeah. Um, Thanks 
<laughs> Tim for coming on. Thanks to Tim for coming on. <laughs> we might we might have him on again. Stefano, yeah. I have to have a long chat about that. I we'll drank. Let, we'll let him out of the cover. I drank four <laughs> beers during this episode, guys. Yeah, you did well. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I wow, did. You held, held up really well. Yeah. That's a lot of alcohol. It's Are you okay? True. Yeah, I'm fine. Give me another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will have another one. Thank you for listening to our crappy, crappy, crappy show again. Please recommend us to people who you think might actually like this stupid show. Uh, don't forget, poor fools. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Um, check out our Patreon if you're interested in giving us actual money. You know, the things that actually matter. Because, you know, exposure doesn't matter to us. No. I just want fucking money. I don't give a shit if you like us. I can't buy groceries with exposure. (laughs) (laughs) I can't buy my subscription to Pornhub with fucking exposure. They just want Visa, MasterCard, or PayPal. Exactly. Think of Chris, you guys. Think of Chris. Think of my Pornhub subscription. (laughs) The national anthem swells in the back. Especially especially you, Stefan's mom. Think about my Pornhub subscription. (laughs) We're cutting that out. Anyway. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad I didn't go to law school? <laughs> you made the right choice. Yeah, you made the absolute right choice. Anyway. Um, yeah, but check out our Patreon. Check out our Twitter. Check out our Facebook. You can follow Stefan, Brandon, and I on Twitter. Um, Tim, would you like to plug anything while you're here? I write articles and shit. So if you search my name, Tim, Tim Rauf, R-A-U-F, you'll be able to find me. Um, and that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, and I do graphic design freelance if anybody needs some some fancy stuff done. Awesome. I'm sure Stefan's mom will give you a call. I really hope so. (laughs) She's a sweet woman. Um, She's a good person. I've never met her. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, listening as always, and we'll see you again whenever the hell. All right, see ya. Bye.